Welcome to episode 8 of Riel Opera Talk, a scholarly podcast about the opera Louis Riel. Several weeks ago, Taryn and I spoke with Métis poet and professor of literature Gregory Schofield, whose work Louis, The Heretic Poems, published in 2011, engages with Riel's own writings. We talk about Riel's story and the different ways he has been depicted in different narratives since his death. So, in October 2012, the magazine Prairie Fire featured a review of the work by J.M. Bridgman that opened with the following quote, Finally, a Western Canadian, a Métis, writing about the mythic uh, Western Canadian hero Louis Riel, whose first language was French and who was raised a devout Catholic. Could you talk about that work, the process of writing about and with Louis Riel, and the implied long tradition of non-Western Canadian, non-Métis representations and depictions of Louis Riel? Right. Um... Well, I mean, probably as you know, so much um, work throughout the years has been done on Louis Riel. So there's been operas written, there have been plays that have been written, um, there has been like a CBC mini series, there have been movies, there, I mean, pretty much everything that you can imagine has been written about Riel. And um, I don't think, um, at least to my knowledge, I don't think that um, really there have been too many Métis artists, and in particular too many Métis writers, that have really kind of looked at Riel from a place of um, being someone other than a political figure that most people have been introduced to in, in Canadian history. So my interest in, in Louis Riel was really looking at him I mean, of course, not only as this very seminal figure in our history, um, but also looking at him as a father, looking at him as um, a friend, looking at him as a leader, looking at him as a community member, and looking at him as a man. So that was my interest in, um, in, um, in Louis Riel, and that's really how, how the poems came to be. Could you talk a bit about how Louis Riel has been differently depicted, some of those depictions, um, and how maybe have our conceptions about him changed, because you're looking at a different aspect of his personality or his, his life, and we, we've noticed that he's been called a hero, a martyr, a madman, a prophet, a rebel, a traitor. How do you see Louis Riel, and how do, you have a, do you have a sense of how he saw himself? Um, I think, really... Um you know, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to, to see how anybody would really kind of think about themselves, but I really believe everything that, um, that I've read, everything that I've studied, um, and my feeling is I, I think Louis Riel was, was um, a man who was very, very passionate about um, Métis rights. He was very passionate about ensuring that future generations of Métis people that we had a place within the framework of Canada and that not just that we had a place but that we had our rightful place within um, within um, Canada that we had our rightful recognition and our rights um, within that place I think that um, you know many people he, he's been a figure that many people have um, you know, really kind of put their own stuff on. So they've, you know, he's, he's been considered a prophet. He's been 
considered um, really, I mean, uh, you know, he was considered a madman, he was considered, you know, all of these other things. But I think for Métis people, he is always symbolized for us um, a voice of resistance. He's always symbolized for us um, a voice of place, a voice of um, culture, a voice of community. And I think that's why really we, um, we honor him the way that, that we do because he really, um, and, you know, I mean, he gave his life to ensure that um, we were given a rightful place. Um, that kind of leads into my next question, which is um, in your book about uh, your your book of poems involving Louis Riel, you invoke the many ways in which people have talked about Louis Riel, um, and I think that very much continues today, especially with the revival of this opera. I wonder if you could talk about the differentiation between talking about Louis Riel and talking for Louis Riel, and um, the different language that people use when talking about him, and then what, what changes when you use his own words, especially in depictions about him from perhaps like a non-Métis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things that I really, really try to do with um, the heretic poems is to portray Louis and to give him a body, to be able to give him not just a body, but to be able to give him his own emotions and to be able to give him his own thoughts and his own ideas. As you said, you know, so many things have been imbued upon him uh, where he's almost become a character, that, you know, he's ceased to become a man, he's ceased to become um, a leader. Um, you know, he's been, you know, put and portrayed you know, in this place of, um, you know, of, of, like I said, almost being being a character rather than being someone who was fighting for rights. You know, I, I, I've always put him in the same context as people like um, um, Malcolm X, um, Martin Luther King. You know, he was doing civil rights work back in you know, the mid-1800s. That's the work that he was doing. That's what he was about. He was, his, his passion was about human rights. And I think that often gets forgotten about when people are making him into a character um, which really ends up misrepresenting him and really which ends up misrepresenting um, what he was trying to accomplish or what he wanted to accomplish or what he hoped that legacy of his um, you know civil rights action would be um, can you talk about the line in your book I am a poet um, this isn't a common association for most people and Brielle um, and you do collaborate with his poetry in your own work um, can you just talk about him as a poet well again um, as I was saying one of my interests in in writing about um, Louis when I was working on the um, on the poems was connecting with him from a place of being a man, being a father, being a friend, um, being a fellow poet. I mean, of course, he was also a poet himself. And, um, you know, being able to almost give him, you know, as I talk about in the poem, this idea of, you know, I'm a poet, 
you know, with a crown of auburn curls, you know, being able to give him back um, his voice of being a poet, I think was really important, um, you know, because he was also a creative person. He was also an artist at the time. And, um, you know, so those were my interests. And, and for that particular poem, um, you know, it was, it was really my attempt at, um, at, at, at giving back pieces of him that I think have been taken away, pieces that I think have been lost, and, um, pe you know, uh, pieces that I think have been misrepresented. And I just have one final kind of big question. Um, do you have any thoughts about the sesquicentennial celebrations? And um, do you have any thoughts about why... So just a bit of background on the opera. It was written in 1967, revived this year for mm -hmm. the sesquicentennial. Mm -hmm. And do you have any thoughts about why Riel is used in this nationalizing agenda, this nationalizing project? And, uh, and on a flip side, perhaps, how does he resonate today having been... Mm -hmm. He, he died, he was hanged in 1885. So he keeps coming back, and I find that really interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think with the 150th anniversary of Confederation that, um, that you're referring to, you know, I think for Indigenous people, for Métis people in particular, um, you know, I think that there is really, you know, I don't want to speak for people, but I think that there is this idea that there is still so much work to be done. I mean, there's, you know, people are kind of floating these words, you know, reconciliation. Um, and I think that there there really is, you know, an incredible amount of work that, that continues um, and that needs to continue being done. And Riel has been, and I think Riel very much kind of symbolizes for many non-Métis and non-Indigenous Canadians, he still kind of symbolizes that um, unresolved history. There is this kind of interest in that unresolved history because, I mean, as you know, November 16th, 1885, he was executed. Really, I mean, he was murdered by the Canadian government, um, you know, under the charge of high treason when, in fact, I mean, it was about protecting homelands. It was about um, ensuring that as Métis people we had a rightful place to be within the framework of Canada and what had been set up as Canada. So I think that there's very much this idea of an unresolved history and, you know, really, I mean, one of the things that I would really like to see is I would like to see um, the exoneration of Louis Riel. Um, I would like to see Métis history, especially um, the turbulent histories of 1869-1870, which was known as the first um, Riel Rebellion, but what we call the first Red River Resistance, and then of course what was known as the Northwest Rebellion, or the second Riel Rebellion, um, 1885, that's known as that we call the Northwest Resistance. I mean, there are two very separate, um, you know, when you look at the word resistance, you look at the word rebellion, they mean very, very different things. So I think a rewording and a relooking of history is something that, that 
Canadians, and I think a lot of historians are still really grappling with, and Riel still very much symbolizes that continued struggle for recognition as Métis people, Western Canadian Métis people, we're still um, looking into things like our homelands, we're still looking into things like land claims, we're still looking at, um, you know, um, um, ways of recognition and ways of honoring our history. That concludes our conversation with Gregory Schofield. Please check out his latest book, Witness I Am, which, among other things, depicts the tragedy of missing and murdered Indigenous women through the retelling of a Cree creation story. Schofield's insights into Riel's voice, his story, and his unresolved presence in Canadian narratives gave us a lot to think about before the premiere of the opera. Stay tuned for our interviews with the cast, director, conductor, and many others at the reception after opening night. Thanks for listening.